This is the recording of Podcast 72. Any attempt to stop the recording of this podcast will be met with extreme prejudice. Uh, excuse me. Where do you think you're going? I've just got to go to the toilet. I see. Good evening, welcome and hello. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome once again to Staggering Stories Podcast number 72. Quality over quantity. I'm Crumbly. I'm rather tired, fake Keith, so oh. nudge me if I drop off. Eek. Electrodes. Ooh. I'm Adam. I'm Jean. And yes, once again, dear listener, it is me, the real Keith. We. We. Wow. Well, five us, two podcasts running. What yeah. are the charges of that? Yeah. I'm going home. <laughs> Only because we all held captives in our president's living room. We're chained to <laughs> Held there by the Pertwee rays of the head. I know. Ooh, we haven't said hello to him. Hello! Head of the Pertwee! Twice in one night, he yeah. gets the big head. One day he's going to say hello back. <laughs> then I'm out that This door. is like those TV series, mm. isn't it, where the audience is the same audience but the different audience for the next episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so we swap jumpers. We should move around and swap jackets. Yeah, yeah. 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 Speaking so different microphones just to make people think we're in different points. He's beaming very widely. He is, isn't yeah. he? Have you polished his nose recently? Looking a bit battered actually, his nose. Yeah. <laughs> he rubs yeah. it on the box. Yeah. Uh, whose box? Well, that's, uh, yeah, no. uh, anyway, news <laughs> moving rapidly <laughs> on. <laughs> So who is going highbrow and returning to the prom? Two Doctor Who proms have been announced by the BBC and will take place over the weekend of the 24th and 25th of July 2010. The two proms will have the same running order and both will be hosted by Matt Smith and Karen Gillan, where we can't have everything, and feature the (laughs) London Philharmonic Choir and the BBC National Orchestra of Wales. The Saturday 24th performance will be broadcast live on BBC Radio 3 and recorded for future broadcasts on BBC. BBC Three. A DVD, no doubt. Yes, a DVD. Mm. It will also be available worldwide on the iPlayer for seven days. So that's at the Royal Albert Hall, London. Yeah. <laughs> and we're getting tickets. And hopefully an ood will get lost in the crowd again. <laughs> yeah. I say worldwide, they say here, on the iPlayer. Mm. The iPlayer? I didn't think it did worldwide. I was uh, going to say, you can't get the iPlayer in America. Maybe particular... They're going to do a special. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They might do a release. might be released. Who knows? K9 is coming to five in the UK this autumn. Bunch of fives. The series <laughs> developed by Bob Baker. Shouldn't that be Bob Barker? No. No, no. Bob Baker. Bob Barker. Didn't he used to do Price is Right or something? Mm. The series developed by Bob Barker and Paul Tams. <laughs> Baker. Baker. I said it again. <laughs> the series developed by Russell T. Davies. <laughs> <laughs> the series developed by Bob Baker and Paul Tams is currently showing in the UK on the Disney XD channel. So they claim. So they claim, yeah. The broadcast on five. I thought you were going to say the, the Disney XS channel. You're a very odd little man. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. The broadcast. Will you shut up? (laughs) (laughs) The broadcast on five will bring the show to a much wider range of viewers. People over eight. Well, it's a a much wider range. Much wider range. This is Channel Five. (laughs) (laughs) The XD is only available on subscription to digital viewers, whereas Five is a terrestrial channel available free to air in most of the UK. (laughs) Most, most of the UK. UK. How comes it's going on Channel Five though, and not BBC One? Considering Mm. I would have. I thought BBC. I would have thought BBC still held the rights on K9. No, no, no. It's Bob Baker does. Bob Baker holds the rights. The K9 is remodelled, so technically it's got nothing to do with. Uh, BBC. So they they could run K9 up against Doctor Who if they, they want. Do. It'd be suicide, but they could do. Yeah. Or up against the Sarah Jane Adventures. Again, suicide. Yeah. Disney XD, I don't think anybody can get it. Unless they've got a kids' package yeah. on their Sky, mm. nobody can get it. So that's great news. Mm. Right. 
Uh, next piece. First Doctor Who adventure game story title revealed. Ooh. Ooh. The shocker. The TARDIS materialises in 1963 and London is in ruins. Ooh, London for you. A title. <laughs> the Daleks <laughs> have seized control of time and the only chance of saving Earth lies in a desperate quest to scarro the Daleks' home planet before timey... Timey? Timey? Before time catches up with Amy, the last survivor of the human race. <laughs> Amy Wamey. <laughs> Can you tell what it is yet? <laughs> The BBC have announced the name of the first part of the Doctor Who adventure games as expected from the trailer this weekend. Well, last weekend now. What and time? the publicity yesterday in Sheffield. Was it yesterday now? Um, what? Not even by the time we say now. this. No, not even by the time. Uh, in Sheffield, the Daleks play a major part in The City of the Daleks. Ooh. Due to be released for download from June the 5th. Ooh. Ooh. City of the Daleks. Yeah. Pretty unexciting, but never mind. I wonder if it's got Daleks in it. I bet you they're the new Daleks as yeah, well. They are, oh, they are. They're the red all, ones. All B&Q Daleks. It's all, all the red ones so yeah, far. Yeah, the soldier, the drones. Yeah. yeah. Spock. Spock. Quits. I was expecting you to Smoking? repeat that as well. No. <laughs> Spock. Spock. Ow, 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 ow. Spock. <laughs> Spock quits. <laughs> Would you like me to say it? No. Okay. <laughs> hang on, hang on. <laughs> Spock quits acting. Yay! You <laughs> licked my hand. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy, Nimoy is retiring from acting. The veteran Vulcan tells the Toronto Sun, that sentence alone tells you why he's quitting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that means that his final acting role will be an appearance as Dr. William Bell in Fringe, and then we definitely won't be seeing Spock Prime in the sequel to J.J. Abrams' Star Trek sequel. What? Okay. <laughs> sequel to the sequel. Yeah. I want to get off the stage. Also, I don't think it'll be fair to Zachary Quinto. Nimoy graciously says of the actor who's taken over the mantle of Spock. He's a terrific actor. He looks the part, and I think it's time to give him some space. And I'm very flattered the character will continue. I've been doing this professionally for 60 years. I love the idea of going out on a positive note. I've had a great, great time. Aww. Round Aww. of applause for Leonard Nimoy! Yay! Yay! Now, bugger off and don't come back. Isn't this the second time he's retired, though? Yes, but Probably. that was then. Come back tour, you think? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to depend how the finances go. Or how long he lives. Isn't he too busy taking naughty photos? <laughs> Allegedly. For some reason, we've been watching Doctor Who again. We weren't again, put off yes. by Victory of the Daleks. We were nearly put off by we Victory of the Daleks. <laughs> and a good job, too, because I don't know about the rest of you, but I went to a very moist place <laughs> when it came to this episode. <laughs> don't the start me off of again. <laughs> Gosh, it was good. I loved the opening scene with the red shoes along the corridor and the blood. You knew who it was. Oh, yes. I thought it was Matt Smith. <laughs> In the high heels. <laughs> what, dra- dragging things up? He did it on stage, didn't he, actually? Yeah, did he? Did he? he, did. he did. Yeah. Went into Underwear. cross-dressing. In- yeah. There you go, he has range. He can go from flats to heels. It's <laughs> more than I could do, sweet he. Right. <laughs> Out of the entire new series... well, So this- far... This one so, so far, New this this was the best. Oh, and then some. This yeah. was absolutely fantastic. Mm. No, the bad names we were calling the vast toffee the week before were forgotten. We have forgiven him because the man is a genius, <laughs> <laughs> absolute genius. But this, I think, is the problem with the series overall. In the previous Russell T. era, mm-hmm. the uh, Stephen Moffat stories have been fantastic. Yeah. And that's what we've been expecting every single episode to be. Yeah. And mm. you can't continuously create a golden nugget. 
<laughs> I've tried. You can if you squeeze really No, hard. I've tried the strain. You burst a blood vessel. I don't know. Well, personally, I'd say that 11th Hour was, it was amazing. Yes. Beast Blow, very good. Yeah. Uh, he didn't write Victory of the Daleks. No. Good uh, jokes. <laughs> and this, again, very good, though. Hard to judge on one Hard to judge on one episode. On one so, so far, his bashing average has been well above RTD's story oh, bashing really? average. Mm, I'm still with RTD. Really? A lot mm. of his stuff was quite duff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll agree his particular episodes. I'll agree. But we'll I'm, see how, not, how not well his batting averages are the end of the season. But as the executive producer overarching. Okay, okay. Because I'm not looking as, at Moffat now as an individual writer, because he's not an individual yeah. writer. He is the, the guy in charge. the Daleks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in director terms, he's the person who the buck stops at now. <laughs> True. One thing I'll definitely say about the time of Angels, I mean, it is definitely an episode where it gets inside your head like a metaphorical moulinex and mixes it up. <laughs> that was really, really forced. <laughs> and deep. And deep, <laughs> yeah. deep you know, deep I didn't forced, understand yeah. it, so it must have been no, deep. No, it's, it's, it's one of those very psychological episodes. Yeah. Mm, completely. Mm. I like the fact that they were statues. And I, I did pick up the bit about, oh, you got, I'm sitting thinking, oh, yes. no, they've got one head. They've only got one head. Yeah. And Ooh. then, you know, you, they aren't statues, they're all angels. But the yeah. fact they don't look like angels, so you actually believe mm. that these could be statues. statues. Mm. Yeah. I did think that they'd messed up when, they, when the doctor was talking about them having two heads and all the statues didn't. Yeah. I thought the art department had screwed it up. But that, that a, point was made of that, a point was made of that at least twice. Yeah, several times, yeah. yeah so, they, you know, they, they forced it home, and you're thinking, <laughs> as it were. just about, leave the turnips alone. <laughs> thinking about it just the same time as as the characters sort of are working. In I was a bit ahead of yeah. honestly, to be yeah. honest, which is why I thought it was an error. Yeah, well, Karen Gillan has gone on records as cowering away from the camera in a silly orange jumper, saying, "These are the most frightening <laughs> monsters in Doctor Who." Really, really scary. <laughs> With a much, much better Scottish accent than that, yes. <laughs> sounding a lot less like Scotty. It, it also adds uh, another layer to the Angels' monothema. Mm. Mythology. Thank you. <laughs> Especially with the uh, the ring version on the monitor. Oh, when it's coming out. When it's coming it. out of the the out image. Of the, okay, the image. Yeah. Of the and she angel. kept Never looking away. The oh, count. No. She kept looking at yeah. the countdown or looking at the door. Looking and at the countdown. Sort of, you know what I mean. And you're sort of <laughs> watch, <laughs> sitting in <laughs> sitting at the sofa, gradually backing further in because you know <laughs> every face is going to be more and more frightening. Mm. It's unlike Blink. There is no immediately jump scare moment because you know no. what's going to happen. You know Kind of, this is a definite tension builder and it's yeah. not even a slow yeah. tension builder it, it ranks it up the, yeah. well there's a the, there was a um someone pointed out to me and i was starting to suspect the um the allegory to here or the, the the similarity of a certain other tension builder that also features someone called bishop did anyone <laughs> yes. pick else yeah alien the vast very he states. has gone on that record. was the idea yeah oh, really? he's, gone on, okay. he's gone on record as saying the if Marines. blink was alien then he's got to run Aliens. aliens. Okay. Let's hope he stops there. But well, this is alien really rather really than aliens. aliens. This is all yeah. with the no, face hackers. Yeah. <laughs> Poor old Amy gets a tough time of it. Yes. Oh, good grief. Yeah. After being mm. underused in the last episode. But again, there, there's been a complaint about this, certainly in the previous um, letters. And to a certain extent, you get it here, is she saves herself. Yeah, which is good. Which is great. Yeah, the Doctor With, gets in there just after. The just nick of after time. the nick of time. Yeah. Does, doesn't he bite her hand to say? No, yes. no, no. During oh, the, what, during the, the um, video, the monitor. Mm, yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, that, that's that's good. You know, you you want someone who can think on their feet, yeah. even if they at the time were screaming mm. for help. Yeah. They're yeah. not. She's not helpless. She gets dirty. She's, she's not right. screaming. Yes, I like that when she rubbed her rubbed mm. her right and the sound ran through her hand. There is there is another pet that I wanted to point out to people is when the doctor tells her not to blink. So she doesn't. She blinks one eye, oh, yeah. then the other. Because have you ever tried not to blink? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, if you hold your eyes open. <laughs> I must admit, out of the two of them, this episode showed up how far superior she is as an actor. Yes. I, oh, yes. I've got to go, as I said mm. before, that she is the better actor of the two. Yes. Yeah. Certainly the, the moment where she's stuck there with her hand. Yeah. Mm. And mm. She, the doctor apparently is about to leave her. That's you know, what it, for dead. Yeah. Mm. And you can see it in her eyes. So yeah. She's, 
really frightened and yeah, yeah. and yeah, then he bites really her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is payback for all the psychiatrists she's seen. <laughs> yeah. 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 She knows what yeah. it feels like. Yeah. And he's got space teeth apparently. <laughs> yes. yes, space teeth. Yes. Yes. That's, that's, that's another thing about. I'm loving between the two of them is the completely disrespectful banter. Mr. Grumpy Pants. Mr. Grumpy Pants. That goes back to the old assistants. If you if you listen to Sarah Jane and Lila and that there was there was a good level of disrespect going yeah. on <laughs> and the fact that she's you know she's teasing him that Rivers his wife yeah. even yeah. the vast toffee has said I'm not saying she is yeah. Yeah. I did like as well that they the one thing I did like with this one that he didn't fall into the trap of he didn't do another Rose and Sarah Jane Amy oh, and the wife yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. No, he did it's, more a Donna Martha. Yeah. Where they hit it off straight that's away. That's it. There they wasn't any it. animosity. Mm. There wasn't any jealousy or anything else between them. Obviously, River Song is it because she knows yeah. what's going to happen. Gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit ambiguous whether River knows Amy already. No. Yeah, we, we when don't... they're introduced, clearly Amy doesn't know no. River, yeah. but River doesn't respond either way whether Remem- she knows Amy or remembering not. Remembering the reaction she had against Donna. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't know. If this is the first meeting of Amy for her. Yeah. Or not. if the whole thing about the time going skewy Louie, yeah. River's got a book. If time has been rewritten, the, the book may wrong. not match yeah. what's happening in time. Well, that, that is actually mentioned at one of the points that he could die here. Doesn't matter what's in the mm. book. The time will yeah. be rewritten. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and I thought, yeah, maybe it's just coincidence that the book that River Song was carrying looks very much like the book of Impossible Things. Well, the book of Impossible Things was brown. Yeah. This is a TARDIS this is a book. TARDIS. This, this is a TARDIS, is a TARDIS book. book. Like Same one as yeah. from uh, the library. library. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I liked the bit with the young soldier or the, the oh, remains boy. of the young, young mm. soldier sort oh, of like boy. you you lied to us yeah you said it was safe and you lied that to us yeah, you said a, we yeah. wouldn't be afraid that is a question it's something that a river says they're trying to make him ha- angry why yeah. why are they trying to make <laughs> yeah. him angry are it's they a deliberate yeah mm. it's a, it seems a deliberate act from because, the the angels because, to taunt him because yeah. he knows how the angels think. But mm. why Why are they killing people? In the last story, in Blink, well, they just, sent them, yeah, back, sent them in back in time. They used the power that that well, created. Well, they, yeah, yeah, they, so fed, that they fed off the energy. Isn't yeah. much of a threat. If they touch Amy, she goes back 20 years. Mm. Yeah, so what? The doctor so, goes back and gets her. Yeah. Why suddenly <laughs> kill people? Yeah, I was wondering that. Why mm. they were suddenly it seems, them. It seems they, they touch people to send them back in time, and that's how they get their food, their energy. Well, they the, feed the, off the The doctor said, I mean, the four he encountered on Earth... Yeah. Back in the well, in the present day, they were scavengers. Yeah. yeah whereas this one is, is sort of fully functioning and. Yeah. Tall. They feed off of the temple displacement. Mm, yeah. These ones, as was mentioned, they have no voice, so they're using the voice to communicate with them, and they needed to strip out their cerebral cortex to yeah, do that. Yeah. I understand. So, one of them but why, what's yeah. the threat so, to everyone else? Yeah, they're going to kill everyone it, else. They, you don't know. Well thing is we don't know what happened to the um the other two no 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 the natives oh yeah they've all disappeared they've all right, disappeared yeah. you've got over a thousand angels here so mm. perhaps the angels wiped out the natives they've been stuck here and they're starving or so there's, there's another possibility the natives haven't gone anywhere the they are the natives what's happening yeah. to Amy yeah mm, that, yeah. that was yeah. a question I did ask you know, how do how do mm. angels reproduce yeah. Yeah. how yeah. do we yeah. get little angels going back to what you're saying about the angels are starving I mean as, as we found out in that particular episode when they're starving they start losing their form yeah. which is why They've got no wings. And yeah, no yeah. wings, and they look like sort of barely carved pieces of rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But is Amy turning into one of them, or does she just think she's... Or is it a hallucination? Mm. Yeah, yeah I but think she just thinks she is. That, that was a, a nice line that I liked that was in the book, that is, it's flipped the usual line. The eyes aren't the portals to the soul, they're the trap doors. Yeah. <laughs> Not the windows, they're the doors, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I did wonder with the killing them things, because... Yeah, these are the most dangerous, threatening creatures on the planet. Yeah, in the universe, oh, they chuck you back in time twenty years. If you're a scientist or whatever trying to learn how to kill them off, they throw you back in time twenty years. Doesn't stop you figuring well, out how to kill them it off. Stop a guy it, with a time it, machine. It, it kind of, you know, <laughs> it was one of those. Yeah, this is a really deadly power. It wasn't. It wasn't twenty years. 
oh. each each angel threw them back to a different time period. So in, you in blink, any, you could end mm, up in, yeah. in blink. historic times because they suck. They threw the um, I can't remember her name. Um, well, so Nightingale. Sa- they threw Nightingale yeah. back to the 1920s. Mm, yeah. Yeah. They threw the Doctor back to the 1960s. 60s, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But on a scale of one to it's ten, I'd Not rather much, be flown back in time than thrown into a grave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think there's I no think, problem with the Doctor just to live. Yeah, that's the point I was trying to make. I think they have killed those soldiers because they needed something else from them, some Mm. specific information. Like they were utilising one for vocal cords. What else have they utilised them for? Maybe. Which goes back to why are they trying to make the Doctor angry? Yeah. Do they need access to the ship for some reason? Yeah. Are they pushing him on into the ship? That's it, that's it. Why make him angry? Lots of (coughs) questions. But must say, really brilliant pre-credit sequence. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. The whole thing with River carving into the black box. Hello, sweetie. Mm. Yes. Doctor rescuing her. I love... And the museum. Just the complete energy barreling through this museum going, wrong, wrong, very wrong, (laughs) one of mine, not bad, that's close. Must be dangerous for the Doctor, though. Spoilers. Yeah. Mm. yeah. He sees stuff he hasn't done yet in the museum. Well, yeah. One scene that uh, I found very reminiscent of um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is where she um, leaves that message for the Doctor, sort of saying, yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're obviously coordinates. And, she and then she got blo- yeah, sort of blown out of the uh, airlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, and at that particular moment, the, the TARDIS just happens to materialise and she just, you know, goes straight in through the door. Oh, so. well, it doesn't happen. She obviously arranged she, it. She, yeah. she gave it the coordinates to materialise. I mean, yeah. it's very much like the scene where Arthur... Yeah. yeah, it's very much not the scene where Arthur Dent and uh, full prefects are picked up by the by the heart of gold. Oh, yeah. It's a bit more calculated though, because not only yeah. does she get off the ship, needing rescuing from the ship, but she also needs a doctor. Mm. She's obviously engineered it for the yeah. doctor to be on that planet yeah. with her. Well, well she's carved the coordinates in the yeah. top of the box. Old Gallifreyan. Yeah, which, but it's, you know, it's, there are two reasons for her to get the TARDIS there at that point. Yeah, mm. not just I, rescue. I have to ask: Is that old Gallifreyan? Because uh, yeah. old old Gallifreyan, old high Gallifreyan yeah. was at Greek. It was Greek symbols, Greek mathematical symbols. And this was ancient Gallifreyan. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He said old high Gallifreyan, yeah. and if yeah. so, how does she know? Yes. Well, how does she know what the blue buttons are for? Oh, I loved that. The <laughs> fact that the only reason it makes yeah. the warp, warp sound you leave is he's left the brakes on. <laughs> he was Even g- every other time, not. Mm. He was getting rather miffed about that. In, in the museum, there was, a, there was a throwaway line about the head, headless priest. Yes. Mm, the final monks. resting place of the headless monks. Of the six headless monks. Uh, or how I many? Think, just I don't think the there was a number. Monks. No, there wasn't a number. Are they anything to do with our monks? What, the, you mean the guys who showed the bishop, up? The, the bishops yeah. and the other monks or could, priests could with him? Maybe. Because maybe if he's a bishop, the chances later. are they are monks or priests. Mm. I think they're meant to be clergy, aren't they, generally? I'm not sure yeah. about monks That's particularly. Another, another yeah, and question. how the church has moved on in all that time. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Pedophiles with guns, right? <laughs> <laughs> Typical. <laughs> and Benedict-themed condoms, yeah. Another, another moth, uh, sort of and um, trademark is the playing with words, even when they're not written down. Sacred Bob becomes scared Bob. You yes, just switch yes. the scene the A around. <laughs> yes. mm. Well, to a certain extent, it was a list of Moffat's greatest hits. Mm. You know, the, everything, in the first episode, uh, the disembodied voices, the angels, the, the mucking around with time to begin with. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not knocking not, not it. Not as much as 11. I'm not knocking it, but yeah. Any guesses to what River really is? I think she's a prisoner. Well, well, she says she doesn't want to go back to prison. But I I reckon she's a thief. Well, she is a sneak thief. I think she's (laughs) Spider-Man. Is she a time agent by any chance? Because she obviously wanders around time quite a bit. And she does know how to pilot the TARDIS. Yeah, quite well. Mm. Only because she got lessons. Ah. From who from? There. Yeah. While he wasn't there. Yeah, who from? Probably from the doctor, to be honest. She's probably just joking there, but <laughs> wind him up. A lot of winding up oh, going yes. on between yeah. I did, three of them. It, it was lovely to see her back. It's, you know, quite often when you bring back old characters and that, I'm a bit wary yeah, because... less than they were. Yeah. In her case, the actress plays it just to the right level of each time she's in it, She's new, hmm. and it's not. All, it, she doesn't even play to the audience that you know who I am, but he doesn't. Each time she's in, yeah. it's totally mm. new. Or on the two occasions so far, yeah. And I quite like that because it's 
it's the same character, but it's a new character each time. Mm. Yeah, I think new layers. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Hopefully we'll see her back yeah. before the end of the season. And I don't mean in part two. I yeah, mean, yeah. It's another story. Yeah. <laughs> that would be okay. nice. So, marks out of ten for Ooh. our little angel friends? Uh, well, marks out of ten, I think it's got to be at least uh, eight or nine at the moment. Oh, definite nine. Ten. Provisional eight, but we'll see where it yeah. goes. Yeah. yeah, I'd go for it. All eight. depends a lot on the second episode. Yeah. Like, it could completely screw up the second yeah. episode. But just just taking it on the one episode at yeah. the moment. We I'll clearly put... haven't seen episode two yet. Yes. Yeah. As we record yeah. this. Any ideas how they get out of the cliffhanger? Is it the obvious the gravity globe? Is it is it that obvious? Mm. Uh, it could I think be. it probably will. Yeah. I think it probably yeah. will be, yeah. Jump up yeah. into the ship. Yeah. 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 It, it's yeah. it's gonna fluctuate the gravity in the chamber and they're gonna take advantage into the ship. I think, I think that's what yeah. it's going to be. Mind you, I mean, are these angels like their company? They're uh, ethereal counterparts and can they fly? I don't think the ones that are chasing them aren't formed enough. Mm, we, no. we only have one flying angel possibly. Mm. Flying we angel, know right? that if they if they um, can turn human beings into angels, one of them has to escape. One fully formed winged mm. angel oh, yeah. has to escape. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the whole point. This is not the, the home planet of the angels. No, this, the, these aren't the last of the angels. No, these aren't the last. Assume. So there's, there's going to be more Hopefully you won't get into that trap. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, time to fire up the quattro once again for Ashes to Ashes. My name is Alex Drake. I was shot and found myself in 1983. Is it real or in my mind? Either way, I have to solve the mystery of what all this means and fight to get home. Because time is running out. Episode four of season three Ooh. of eight episodes. We're halfway through. Halfway through. through. Yeah. This is the undercover cop one. And as I mentioned last podcast, the recap has the Life on Mars theme, theme tune yeah. on it. Not the mm. song, but the theme tune of the opening credits to Life on Mars, which I don't know what that means. <laughs> obviously, they're trying to tie in the two series Seems a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. As Think, further things further are beginning to collide. Yeah. Yeah. The sounds of it. Yeah. Big time. Nice opening bit with a kid playing with his little matchbox quattro. Mm, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> on the side of the road. As Gene Hunt comes racing around, <laughs> nearly kills the poor kid. Having had one, one or two little yeah. libations at lunchtime. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> going all out for no good reason. He was out to catch the bad guys in a drug deal. They have no hurry, though. There's <laughs> an interesting point that Fake Crumbly pointed out. Yeah. When the Quattro is screaming around all the uh, various roads and under, uh, underpasses and such... They're empty? Yeah, they're empty. Yeah. Yeah. There weren't that many cars around then because the petrol prices were really, really high, unlike now when they're really, really cheap. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was driving to Rochester today and I pulled into Clackett's Lane Services and a litre of four styles, £1.30. Yeah, bad. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I'm hitting about 122, 23. That's about what it is around here. Anyway, we diverse. Uh, At least one thing is, the streets are not full of empty cardboard boxes. Oh, that's true. Oh, shame. I have to say with this one, the the undercover... Copper. Yeah. Who was... else didn't figure out after about 30 seconds that mm, she was yeah. a double H? It was pretty blatant. Well, a, bit, again, yeah, a bit of a giveaway, that was, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty blatant. But this one was the Chris one. Yes, yes it this was. This is the Chris centric one with the. Where did he get that shirt from? I know. <laughs> well, 80s fashions, I mean. I didn't even notice. What was his shirt? <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a short-sleeved cream shirt covered in Japanese calligraphy in mm, black and yeah. red. Okay. <laughs> I had wallpaper like that. Yeah, it was like the wallpaper you used yeah. to put up in your rooms. If you really want to find out more about 80s fashions, email Tony at the Flashing Blade Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Chris takes a bit of a shine to this undercover yes, he does. policewoman. Mm-hmm. Which, to, again, immediately you know she's going to be yeah, a that, that's it. Much to Shaz's she, dismay. She's either going to be the bad guy or she's mm-hmm. going to be dead at the end of the yeah. episode. Yeah. Probably both. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually turns out to be true. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I get, it's starting to annoy me with Shaz. She's kind of like, wants her cake, can eat it. She gets upset that he's interested in someone else, but, but she, she doesn't want to know herself. Yeah, yeah. 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 silly girl. <laughs> I don't know if anyone went... Going towards the end, when the undercopper copper copped it, undercopper copper, the undercover undercover copper copped it, and she's lying in the arms of DC Jim Keaton, and he's like, you know, don't go, don't whatever. Oh no, there there was a point 
he says something as she died. She's sort of like, she's died, and it's almost like, I've got you, or something like mm. that. He said something. Anyone make out what it was? I'm not sure about the words, but yeah. there was a definite hissing sound as she died. Yes. And then he Ooh. breathed it in. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> and it, it was very much, it, it was almost like, <laughs> this is getting back into devil and God it, it scenario. Is. Yeah. But really it was almost his. like he was actually taking, her, taking soul. her soul, not trying yeah. to help her live. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Devouring. Yeah. 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 taking her back mm. yes sent her out in the first well, place well I'm actually because he was very much kind of like pushing her and encouraging but not in the same way he was Jean Hunt's lot no it's almost like she's one of his lot yeah yeah mm-hmm. interesting stuff <laughs> so another computer questions. hacker maybe <laughs> <laughs> questions questions yes and, and we see we actually see the very normally placid placid yeah uh, placid <laughs> Chris <laughs> yeah Chris yeah sort of lose it once again yeah it's like uh, watching a puppy dog have a fit, isn't it? Oh, good grief. I mean, when, when he lets rip, he's all, well... Gave good kicking to that uh, mm, suspect. Yeah, yeah the guy in the cells. I mean, he absolutely pasted him. He yeah. put his career right on the line. Mm, yeah. yeah. And basically, he had the problem of Jim Keats being the guy who can save him. Mm, that's it. <laughs> well, he literally held his destiny in his hands. I mean. Yeah. But that also <laughs> makes, in a way, Gene behold it. And I love Gene's speech at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, basically says, I, I thank you. And then he goes on to <laughs> yeah. totally destroy him while saying thank you. Yeah. Sort of like the sun shines out of your and thank you for coming here to enlighten us. It's like, yeah, this is this is not really a thank you. Yeah. Well, and you could see Jim getting more and more annoyed. Yeah. It was very much a left-handed compliment, I mean. Mm. Also, the first time we see Gene Hunt go down to Keats' office mm. in the basement and you see them confront each other yeah. across mm. the table. And it's really quite obvious what they're trying to do with the setup of the office. It's orange lit. Yeah. Mm. When the open door is kind of kind of bluey grey yeah. out, but it's orange in, inside, inside like flames. Yeah. And the wall behind him has got these sculptures that look like flames. Yeah, <laughs> right. but it's as, pretty blatant stuff. Yeah. As, as Gene is walking out, he holds the door open and he says his final lines and he is in bright light (laughs) (laughs) a beacon in the room yeah yeah. You just need the choir in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I must admit, I was a bit sceptical when you first brought up a couple of weeks ago the whole God and Devil stuff, but the more I've watched it, the more blatant it has become. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually think they are the God and Devil, but that is definitely how they the are ecology. starting to, to, yeah. to draw the characters. Of, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, the one thing I, I noticed, I commented about, and it's not so much the plot, but it's um, a problem that they have with modern acting and TV. The bad guy's son, who's being really villainous, mm-hmm. is sitting in the interior room chain smoking and he's so obviously an actor who does not smoke Smoke. (laughs) I mean he's he's just bum sucking on the fag (laughs) it was so unconvincing (laughs) yeah they're gonna have to go off to learn how to not smoke smoking Mm. convincingly Mm. should do like the cancer man and smoke tea bags yeah. Tea bags. Yeah, that's what he used to smoke herbal mm. cigarettes. Mm. And in this one, just to highlight how much Chris is teetering on the edge, he accidentally, in front of Gene, calls Keats Gov. Oh, yes. Oh, that's Ooh. right, yeah. Which yeah. is a yeah. major faux pas. Faux pas, yeah. yeah. So it's clearly showing his allegiance mm. is, is moving towards that's Keats. It. Yeah. And we don't get a redemption for Chris in this one, as we have done with Shaz uh. and with Ray. Mm. There isn't that moment of the blackness yeah. and the That's yeah. true, mm-hmm. there isn't. Mind. So that's gonna going to continue on. Yeah, perhaps he's going to fall. This is also the one where Drake goes into... Gene's filing cabinet yes. and all of the files are gone. It's mm. been emptied, yeah. It's been completely emptied. Um, she was looking for some more on Sam. Mm. And she asked Keats, have you taken the files? Yeah. Because Keats is doing an audit and he says, no, I haven't reached this level yet. <laughs> so do we believe that? Yeah. Probably we do in this case. Mm. Maybe Gene Hunt is the one who's, who's hiding the, the evidence. Mm. Also, lots of weird stuff in this one. In the uh, tunnel, there's some graffiti on the wall. Oh, oh yes. Oh, that's right. We have, for a good time, called 6620. Mm, yes. <laughs> uh, Molly was here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And Jean loves Sam. Sam. I love yeah. that one. Jean, Jean hearts Heart Sam. Sam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird. Um, <laughs> and then Alex is making a list of her weird stuff, which uh, goes ICU, uh, mm-hmm. weather vane, which you haven't seen for a while, actually. Rural. Yeah. Dead copper, question mark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gene, underlined. 6620. Gene slash Sam. Shaz. 
stars underlined three mm. times. So and you had the, putting it together. You had the um, junkie as well, sort of like you behaving like you oh, don't belong right, yeah. here. Yeah. But this is where you belong. As, yes, as, like as, you're as, a visitor uh, here, but you're yeah, not. Drake's yeah, Drake's going away and sort of like yeah. you think you're a visitor, but you're not. Yeah. Which I thought was quite interesting because most of the others have all been telling her, get out of town. Yeah. This isn't where you, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you, yeah. you're a square peg in a round hole. And it's the first time that everyone, someone's been saying to her, well, actually. Head. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, one thing I do notice, I mean, in the uh, dialogue at the start of uh, the programme now, I mean, the emphasis is more not on sort of getting back to her daughter, yeah, but no, finding out why she is her. there. Yeah, yeah. She's almost forgetting her own daughter. Yeah. Although mm. there was this, Molly was here. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. not referred to Molly. Oh, season probably. No, no, no. First episode she has. Since briefly. the first episode. Yeah. yeah. Since she sent Molly away. Yes. To the boarding yes. school, whatever. So if somehow or other someone's told her Molly, yeah, in the real world, Molly's gone away, that's a comfort in her mind. She's not worrying about a daughter anymore. Yeah. Well, quickly, I'll wrap it up. So we should really quickly mention Blue Peter Garden. Oh, that was classic. <laughs> <laughs> we can't yes. come out without mentioning that. We find out who. That was good, that was. The 1983 yeah. trashed the Blue Peter Garden. It was Gene Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he, yeah. he, he jumped over the wall after over the bad guy, mm, and there was yeah. a massive great punch up. Chris threw. Why he was one oh, yeah, running a around jerry with can this jerry of can of petrol, <laughs> mm. and then he threw it over to hit the bad guy, and of course it went all over the yeah, garden. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the bit where Gene sticks like like what now over the wall, saying, "Oh, what have you going to help me with this?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they immediately cut afterwards the actual broadcast on Blue Peter. Yeah, whereas uh, yeah, Ray and um, yeah, Chris are sort of exchanging guilty glances with each other. <laughs> Definitely stick with it. Yeah, because oh, it's, very much so. it's, st- you're st- it's, it's still, still not yeah. blinding the obvious it's how this is going to finish. We're, we're still on the slow burn. Well, yeah, we're halfway made, through. We've got they're going to leave everything until the final episode. Yeah. yeah, and then it'll be sort of just one big dazzling, you know, sort of a revelation. Is the last one an hour, or is the last one longer? I don't know. Because I assume an hour, but I don't know. I'm going to say because I can't quite see how they're going to round this all off in oh, four episodes left yet. I'm mm, sure they yeah. can do it. Yeah, it's still one of the best things that's been on BBC or on TV for an awful long time. One of the most original programmes, that and Life on Mars. Anyway, you lovely people, you've all been writing to us, for which we are eternally grateful. Anyway, we have one here from JD. Hello, JD! Hello, JD! He Did says, he? hello, team and the neglected head. Aww. Well, he does look like he needs a bit of a dust. Well, we've said hello to him already. Well, he needs a bit of a dust, but... Apart from that, Ed needs a bit of a neglected mm. head. Well, it's been great, hasn't it? Yes, no. I'm talking about Doctor Who. Yes. I have Victory of the Daleks and Time of the Angels feedback. Ooh. First is Victory of the Daleks. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now I have to go with the tin dog on this one and get this terrible rant out of the way. <laughs> what the beep was Moffat thinking? Lots of question marks. Mm, and exclamation marks. And some Anglo-Saxon words. <laughs> the Time War Daleks were awesome. Yep. If he really wanted to put his stamp on the show, he could have brought back the Emperor or the Heavy Weapons Dalek from Remembrance. But why change a good thing? Yeah. Overall, the episode should have been a two-parter, with the build-up and all. Yep. There was also not enough dogfighting in space. <laughs> I know people complained about it, but the trailer spoiled it because it was so short. I really, really didn't like the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger Daleks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, B&Q Daleks, yeah. And now Time of the Angels, yes. I learned how to spell and said angels, not, ang- <laughs> <laughs> not angles. <laughs> not, didn't learn how to spell learned, though. <laughs> I leaned. This episode redeemed itself from the grotesque previous episode. All the right things were in place, and it was fantastic, except the return of bloody Graham Norton. What the beep, BBC? <laughs> Apparently it was a scheduling accident, and I apologised after yep. 3,000 telephone calls. Mm. But really, come on, right in the middle of what could be Matt Smith's greatest speech this season. Otherwise, I'd give it a 10 out of 10. Wow. JD. P.S. I really didn't hate Victory of the Daleks, but I really hate the new Daleks. Yeah. It was a fantastic Dalek story, best one since Bad Wolf, Parting of the Waves. Mm. And do more commentaries! Oh, Ooh, well, you might well right. do. Point taken. Yep. <laughs> thank you for that, JD. Yes, yeah, thank you, JD. Glad to hear some people like Victory of the Daleks. Someone had to. <laughs> uh, got one here from Reese. Oh, hello, hello Reese. Reese. Hello, Reese. Dear team, I've just found out there'll be another Doc 2 prom at the RA this year. Uh, Royal Albert Hall, I presume. Yep. Really want to go, so I'm going to be nagging my mum and dad to take me because Matt 
ready. Because Matt Smith and Karen Gillan will host most of it, I think. They most likely have some more people as well, but it's Homer Simpson woohoo here. I can't do that. <laughs> so if you guys and us can make it, I'll keep an eye out for the Staggering Stories shirts. Right. I really want to go. Note to self, don't wear Staggering Stories shirt. <laughs> I don't have one, so that's okay. You must change that, yeah. Oh, and I've seen The Victory of the Daleks, and new Daleks... Well, listen to the latest TDP, Tindall Podcast, my views will be mouthed, without him knowing, by Tinny. I really have a bad feeling about Amy Pond. I don't think there'll be much fun around that, and that's a pity. I also think the crack is a little annoying now. I do really want to be wrong about what I think about Amy's plot. I need Amy to be in series <laughs> two seasons. And I would love it if the BBC gave them 22 episodes for the second one. Never going to happen, unfortunately. No. I bet they'd be able to pull it off. Snuff, snuff. Your commentary was very good and the quality was fine. Oh. Well, it's much better than mine, anywho. <laughs> and much more than 30 second recommendation. Now, I know you think Stargate Universe is just another spin-off, but it is brilliant. I'm really appreciating, especially the acting. As I've said in previous email, I have been going to drama school for three years, but the acting in Stargate Universe is glorious. <laughs> and Real Keith says, and I agree with him, he loves the TARDIS and Serenity of the Millennium Falcon because they have attitude, and they, in the TARDIS' case, sentience. Well, the ship these characters stuck on is, well, like the TARDIS. We don't know. I think it is alive, but we really don't know. I absolutely love SG-1 and SGA, mainly because SG-1 was one of the only shows I watched slash watched, and it was possibly one of the four or five best shows in the world. Doctor included, because it and SGA is kind of quirky and funny. Not saying SGU isn't, and they had everything. And in some ways, SGU is a completely different show, and I like it for the same and also different reasons. The acting and the music are fantastic. I'd say the music is up there, Murray Gold's music. Really, I just watched the show just for them. So can both you and your listeners please give it a chance, because there are only two podcasts out there who do watch and talk about it. None of my friends watch it. Oh. I've introduced one of my friends to SG-1, but we're only halfway through season one. <laughs> Give it a go if you can. Go review it. I'd love to hear what you think about it. And I find that the subjects they bring up affect me more than SG-1 and SGA did. That's because I'm older now. <laughs> and an example of that being the fact the latest episode made me feel terrible for one of the characters. I cried for a different reason than I did when David regenerated. It really is amazing. Sorry to ramble on, but I had to talk about the last episode to someone. <laughs> <laughs> Fake Keith seems to be better, but crumbly get well soon. Farewell from Reese Parton. Thank you. P.S. I think Matt Smith and Karen Gillan are amazing as well. Their acting is great. Matt was outstanding in that one moment. I bet you know which one. In The Beast Below. And for pretty much most of the episode of The Victory of the Daleks. But Karen blows me away <laughs> for many reasons. <laughs> But there are some very subtle moments of her breathtaking again in many ways, though. Thank you, Reese. Oh, we finished yet. <laughs> no, they... Oh, someone's flagging. We have a letter. Well, we don't so much have a letter, but oh, we have um, a recipe from Lilibet. Hi, folks. Thanks so much for encouraging our little podcast. Here's a little something to say thanks. Ah, oh, thank, thank you. We have no-bake church windows. Ingredients. One mm. bag of chocolate chips. Oh, sounds good already. I think they're starting to figure we're chocoholics. <laughs> one stick of margarine or butter. One bag of coloured mini marshmallows. One bag of coconut flakes. One cup chopped walnuts or pecans. Wax paper and a shallow pan. Mm-hmm. Melt together the chocolate and margarine. Stir in marshmallows and nuts. Mix well. Divide into two groups. Make logs by rolling each bunch in waxed paper. Roll off of the paper and into the shallow pan with the coconut in the bottom. Coat the log in coconut. Then return it to the waxed paper and wrap lightly. Repeat with the other log. Refrigerate logs for at least two and a half hours, slice into half inch rounds and serve. The second recipe... I feel, who was it used to do the recipes on the radio? <laughs> no idea. Chocolate raspberry treats. Two and a half cups of flour. Three quarters of a cup granulated sugar. Two eggs. One and a half squares of unsweetened chocolate. One teaspoon of baking soda. Three quarters of a cup brown sugar. Ten ounces raspberry chocolate chips. One teaspoon salt. One teaspoon vanilla. A third of a cup of Hershey's cocoa, one cup softened butter and half a teaspoon of water. Mm-hmm. Preheat an oven to 375 degrees. Melt chocolate squares. 
cream butter, sugar, vanilla, water and melted chocolate together. Add eggs. Mix flour, baking soda and salt into wet batter until completely combined. Stirring chips, chocolate chips. (laughs) Drop by well-rounded spoonfuls onto ungreased cookie sheet. Bake at 375 for 6 to 8 minutes. May need a little bit more time depending on your oven. Until crusty on outside and just soft in the middle. <laughs> Stick a knife in it and if it's got resistance or you've got marks on the knife, then you know it's still soft in the middle. And that's no from Lilibet. Hmm, thank, thank you. you. The recipes will no doubt be posted on the website. They will indeed, yes. <laughs> look forward to those. Good luck with continued Professor Dave's Ark in Space. Good stuff. More recipes from the Galloping Gurkha, Galloping Murka instead of the Galloping Gourmet in due course. <laughs> the Galloping Murka. Yeah. Right. Uh, right, we have a quick audio oh, bit okay. here. Hello, this is Graham the Second Doctor Sheridan from the Professor How Doctor Who Party podcast. Now, what I've got for you here is a little book review of an upcoming Doctor Who book. This is a review for a book called The Mythological Dimensions of Doctor Who. Now, all contributors are not only Leonard Folk, as the term demands, but also in Doctor Who fandom, which allows them to put forward their arguments in very well and quote exactly where to. Now, this has nothing with be- to do with being a geek, but as anybody who has written papers for a university-level education knows, this is a must Otherwise, it makes for nonsensical and badly marked or received papers. The Ford is written by Simon Guerrier, known for his work of many things, who you know, books and, and such like, and has contributed uh, largely to Big Finish. Also, uh, the Doctor Who New York specialist and uh, organiser, Barnaby Edwards, has written a brilliant preface to the book too. So, to all of those out there who have ever had deeper thoughts about what certain stories have has as a meaning, should read Anthony Burgess' chapter, The Professor's Lessons for the Doctor, uh, the Doctor's uh, sub-creative uh, journey towards Middle-earth, where such stories as The Celestial Toymaker and The Mind Robber are taken under scrutiny. These have either baffled or just plainly entertained, but they're here... For the first time, to my knowledge anyway, uh, is where they are explained. So, uh, a couple of the other chapters. Um, Jessica Burke, that is the uh, wife of Anthony, and Christine Larson take the uh, Valkyrie or Valkyrie mythos under scrutiny. And I don't mean just the obvious name that springs to mind when you think of Valkyries and Doctor Who. I'm on about Leela. Expect also in this book to find out where... Such storytelling and indeed mythological mythological references have their beginnings, uh, as your general Doctor Who uh, watcher or public doesn't tend to know where this story has its source. Okay, it may be the fact that they just don't care, but if you are going to buy this book, it suggests to me that you want that expanded knowledge, where your beloved programme of choice has its ultimate roots. The arguments laid out by each chapter author are things I've heard throughout fandom, but in this context at least are satisfyingly laid out. Because not only do you get the argument, but you also get the required thought to that argument and why. If there's one complaint about some part of new fandom by the old fandom, such as myself, is that new fans make an argument, but not exactly sure where exactly A they're going with this argument in question, and B, what they actually mean by their argument. I suppose it's something to do with the way that English language has been highly simplified, even in at least the last 35 years or so, and so the new fan in question is not quite sure how to formulate their argument properly. 
With the mythological dimensions of Doctor Who, the opposite applies. And it's nice to actually be able to see the arguments going through the stages. That if language is going to survive and going to be much more than just grunts and whistles in the future, then it has to. Also, the mythological dimensions of Doctor Who book is right up to date with the programming. Well, as far as it has a dedicated chapter to Russell T. Davis era called Mythology Makes You Feel Something. Uh, the Russell T. Davies era as a sentimental journey. Now this is done by Matt Hills, where Matt look at, looks at what Russell was thinking and what were his arguments for giving us a feeling doctor who's not afraid to show his emotions. Now this is something that fandom in its classic sense had never had in such abundance and that sometimes had a problem to understand, especially for those who only saw the doctor in terms of black and white. So, the short but well-constructed afterwards by Anne C. Petty rounds off the book nicely. There are also a few pages about the chapter authors themselves. This would normally appear at the back of any book, but with so many authors, I don't think there'd be that, enough space for that. But so, it was better an idea to put in book itself. Now, in the entire book, uh, there's no chapter that's worse or better than any other in any big sense of terms. They're all equally uh, brilliant. But my favourite chapter has been Life During Wartime, an analysis of wartime morality in Doctor Who by Melissa Beattie. Now, this has something to do with me being an ex-soldier myself, uh, serving the British forces for some 13 years or so, serving in places such as Bosnia as part of the peacekeeping duties there, and uh, part of the, uh, the force that went into Kosovo in 1999. This chapter I can appreciate because it's something I personally can relate to. So, to top all this off, the cover is by Andy Lambert. Uh, anybody who's out there uh, who uses Facebook and has uh, myself or uh, Ken Deep as uh, friends uh, will know his work as uh, he makes beautifully created um, wallpapers for your computer of your choice. So, the book is available for pre-order through Kitsune Books. That's, Kitsune is spelt K-I-T-S-U-N-E and is available at www.kitsunebooks that's all one word, kitsunebooks.com backslash doctorwho.html If you want to try and get it through your usual book channels, the ISBN number is 97809-819 four nine five eight one and is available at the end of may at the time of this recording so that's my review of this book uh, i'd say go out and grab a copy as it comes out and enjoy this has been graham the second dr sheridan doing the book review for the mythological dimensions of doctor who We have one here from Wynn. Hello, Hello Wynn. Wynn. Hello, Wynn. He says, dear team, you've all done titillatingly well. <laughs> Bonus points to fake Keith for going to bed during the recording. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, it's just, it's just never been done before. <laughs> Not yeah. I had to have a lie down, then an ice pack, then another lie down, then a shower, <laughs> then another one. <laughs> Keeping it quick again. Victory of the Daleks. Fun. Really couldn't care less about the new Daleks. <laughs> Ashes to Ashes was hilarious, particularly the Blue Peter scene. Mm. <laughs> I've got to go now. I've been looking for the specific diseases that cause female podcasts to retire to other people's beds with a drop of a hat. <laughs> Look what you've started. I think I've isolated it. McFaddy and Smutomatic filtering gauge. Oh, no. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Invited to dinner. Blah, blah, blah. Ingredients from Porson Down. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Possibly pasta. Blah, 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 blah. Special sauce. Blah, blah, blah. Possibly including yoghurt. Blah, blah, blah. Certainly went for a belt and braces approach. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Offered milkshake. Blah, blah, blah. Backfired, literally. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Redecorated living room. Blah, blah, blah. Dining room. Blah, blah, blah. 1970s IRA dirty protest. Blah, blah, blah. B and Q embarrassing stains unit. <laughs> I'll be with you. Win. P.S. Naughty love to Jean. Thanks, Win. <laughs> Thank you for that, Win. Thank you, Win. And 
finally, one here from Misha. Hello, Hello Misha. Misha. Hello, team and the head. I'll try and keep it short this week. I say try. Victory of the Daleks. All right, story. New Daleks look silly. <laughs> there seems to be a, a consensus <laughs> growing. I've heard them being described as looking like Mini Coopers, which I think is about right. That's an insult yeah. to the Mini mm. Cooper, actually. Like the Dalek offering tea, it made me smile. Mm. A couple other fun moments, Spitfires and Space, etc. Yeah. Interesting that Amy doesn't remember the Daleks. Maybe this is mm. part of the whole apparent continuity areas that may be a plot arc thing. Who knows? Time with the Angels. Well, need to say, I was I damn near wet myself with fear. <laughs> Watch alone in the house I went from whimpering to undignified squeaky noises to a little scream at one point. <laughs> and then spent the rest of the evening eyeing the telly suspiciously and jumping at shadows. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what happened in the plot. Um, Amy had a short skirt on. <laughs> that was it. Too busy being frightened. Keeping the whole the image of the angel becomes the angel. I'm still frightened of my telly. No little brother to hold my hand this week. Oh, and a couple of comedy moments. River, hug Amy, I'm too busy. Sentiment is sort of there, but not quite. And a hallucinogenic lipstick. I want some. <laughs> yeah. Mm. River herself gets on my nerves a bit, but at least she's not a particularly long-term character, just a recurring one. That's it for now. Lots of love. Misha. Thank you, Misha. Thank you, Thank you, Misha. Misha, never watch the remake of The Thing alone in mm. your house, because you will not trust anything, not just the TV. Mm. Or the ring. Mm. <laughs> I admit, talking of Amy's costume, I thought it wasn't as good this time. She looked, she looked far too young. She covered, she I take it. It was the baggy right. jumper yeah. that did she it. Looked like she looked about eight years old. Yeah, she looked like she was about 16 or something. <laughs> Completely robbed her of... Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. End the conversation there. Just end it there. The hallucinogenic <laughs> lipstick came up on the news today. Oh, really? Did, I didn't quite hear all of it because I was at work, but there was something that happened and um, I, an officer or someone made the excuse of they were using hallucinogenic lipstick. <laughs> I think it was a little joke article, but he's already made it into yeah. the consciousness. Well, it's, it's something similar to that in Firefly. Yeah, the midnight kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. And so, dear listeners, that brings us once again to the end of another podcast. But never fear. In the next one, there'll be more of the same. More fun, frivolity and jollity. More news and reviews. More who old and new. So until then, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Farewell. Goodbye. Au revoir. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 72. Featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fate Keith, Gene Midler, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker, and don't necessarily represent those yellow speakers on the site. No copyright infringement is intended. This podcast is now president of Russian at www.staggerystories.net. I can hear real Keith weeing. So can I. Love the floor again. Shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. Shake your weedy. Criticising my handwriting and my spelling. No, we're we're possibly criticising your handling. (laughs) Sang your song. You were you were urinating very noisily in the. I was going for the um, uh, Top Gun. Sorry. Pardon? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Peeing up Adam's wall again. (laughs) No, no, Leslie Nielsen, when he's got the microphone on. Top Gun? Oh, not Top Gun. The homoerotic thing with Tom Cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Leslie Nielsen weeing over Tom Cruise. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole genre of film on its own. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't think he was into water sports. You're lucky you're getting an if down. <laughs> K9. Wakey, wakey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Did you wash your hands, Keith? Got rabies now. Foot and mouth disease. <laughs> no, that's what he's been holding. That's, <laughs> that's a point. <laughs> no, I washed my hands. God. God, yeah. What does it taste like? <laughs> we could we could be crude, Karen, and say you should know, but <laughs> <laughs> he's never weed in my mouth. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
are limits to which even I go. Not the yellow wee-wee, anyway. This is a family podcast. You're not that's going to end up on the outside. Sorry, he's never gone pee-pee in this mouth. Think of what you say, woman. Sorry. And you know what he's like. (laughs) Oxygen. <laughs> oh, I need oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> I need a Some tangs, really. <laughs> Just a wee bit of flavour. <laughs> <laughs> There's websites for people like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good for you, isn't it? <laughs> Only if you gargle first. <laughs> it's sterile. Yeah, yeah. It is sterile. You're sterile. No, we, we and Stella. No, I'm not. <laughs> nice and warm as well. Full of, nice and warm, yeah. Full of protein. Probably. <laughs> She's crying. Jean's in the crisis chair. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I've forgotten what this episode's called. <laughs> oh. 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 We can watch up there. We've got the camera set up. <laughs> Hi, this is Wendell. And this is Wes. Hi. Omega. Oh, sorry, Omega. When we asked if we could use your name for the podcast, it wasn't an actual invitation to be a part of it. Yeah, I thought we made it pretty clear after he gave us a couple of those gel guards for the first time that he wasn't supposed to be part of this. Anyway, both Wes and I have been fans of Doctor Who for over 30 years. You may have heard some of our feedback on the Flashing Blade podcast or even on Facebook, and we thought it'd be a great time for our own spin-off series. The Omega Podcast will have news, interviews, and reviews on TV, audio, books, and toys from the Doctor Who universe. Plus, it will make Omega happy. Be silent! You can find us on Facebook or visit the Omega Podcast site at www.theomegapodcast.org. Yeah, check it out now. No, seriously, we better find a way to get Omega back over the absolute event horizon before he wakes up my family. What is this childish contraption? Oh, he's in the fridge. What?